With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Danny Small, coming at you with a little different kind of episode this week. Uh, I'm actually riding this one solo, Matt and Chip. Uh, not with me because it is 2 a.m. and I felt like it was pretty necessary to kind of talk about that fe- that loss of the Phoenix Suns. I was there, I have some good quotes, um, and honestly, just starting it off here, in a year with, you know, probably a dozen of these embarrassing losses, uh, this one definitely right up at the top with all those. Uh, Perhaps I'm being a little prisoner of the moment, you know, just caught up in it, because I just got home a little while ago from the game, uh, and yeah, this I maybe yeah maybe a little prisoner of the moment here, but I feel like we 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 need to talk about this game because this was a bad one, really really bad one. And I think first and foremost, the thing that was just glaring was the lack of effort from pretty much the whole team. I mean, you saw you know in spurts and pockets they played well, they played hard, but. Really just not there from start to finish. It was, you know, they the Knicks often talk about playing a full 48, even dating, dating back to when David Fisdale was the coach. Talk about, you know, they want to give a full 48 minutes of effort and good basketball. And I, I mean, I don't know if you, what you what minutes number you would put on this one of, you know, good basketball. Low, I'll say that. Because they really, they let the Suns come in on their home court and they let them basically just take it to them. Not much resistance. Ricky Rubio really got going in the second quarter. That kind of opened things up for Aiton, who had career-high 21 rebounds, season-high 26 points. He was all over the place. Knicks had no answer for him inside. And, you know, I'll give the Knicks some credit. Generally, they've been pretty good at packing in the paint, stopping guys at the rim, rebounding. They've been pretty good in that area. Wouldn't say great, but you know, if you're picking out things that they've done well this season, I think you know, controlling the the paint and you know, with Mitchell Robinson, Randall, Morris, you know, you got a lot of these big guys. They've done a pretty decent job with that, but you know, not at all. They let Aiton walk all over him, and then the second half. 
Marcus, uh, excuse me, Devin Booker, you know, he gets going and it was just a bloodbath at Madison Square Garden. Uh, at one point, I think uh, it was the third quarter, I want to say, uh, Ricky Rubio threw a three-quarter court lob to Aiton, and you saw people filing out of the exits. The booze rained down. Uh, I mean, it was just it was an ugly scene there. And I touched on this early, but it was lack of effort and energy. It was just completely obvious. It, and Mike Miller, more or less, you know, gives vanilla – Pretty pretty vanilla quotes in his uh, press conferences. Usually, you know, Fisdale was very, uh, I guess, uh, trying to animated. Not necessarily the right word, but like he was a good quote. He he could give. He he usually had a way with words. Uh, even you know, especially even when things were were bad. Miller is more or less even keeled. Doesn't give you a crazy lot. Um, and actually, I'm. I have some audio clips, but the uh, the sound quality isn't great, so I'm just gonna read them off. I have sound quality is good enough for me to transcribe them, but in terms of you know playing them on the show, maybe that's something I'll I'll try and get going in the future, and add some uh, you know quotes from the locker room, quotes from Miller's press conferences, things like that. Uh, but that's on me. I gotta just get some of the audio with my. Uh, my recording gets that a little cleaned up and then hopefully I'll have some of that for you guys. Uh, maybe with a couple more, you know, post game reaction shows like this, but for now I'll just read off some of the quotes I have. Cause I think they're pretty telling. Miller was asked about the team's effort and I'm just going to read off this quote for you. He said, when we look out and see that we are behind the actions like that, we have to play at a higher speed to be able to force something and take something away. We didn't do enough of that. We weren't able collectively to take anything away or put any kind of pressure on their offense. We did that early with our offense to put pressure on their defense. But then as they scored more, we were impatient offensively and it got us out of balance. Uh, one thing I want to highlight, uh, that's end of the quote there, but one thing I want to highlight um, is him saying they have to play at a higher speed. Don't think that's necessarily him He's try I think that's that's kind of him calling out the team's effort higher speed. I think that means a little bit you know he's inferring that they just they didn't have the energy out there uh, that he's been used to seeing since he's taken over. I think that's a fair assessment um, but he's also he's not throwing any anyone under the bus. I understand that uh, it's you know he's walking a fine line there. Uh, but Marcus Morris Sr., later on in the locker room, he was a little more blunt about it. He said, our energy level is not where it's supposed to be. X's and O's at the end of the day, that only goes so far. Our energy just hasn't been where it needs to be. We are halfway through the season. You should expect, you would expect us to be more together and tighter, but at times it feels like we're pulling apart when we should be bringing it together. End quote. And to me, that's pretty telling. He calls out directly their energy, um, which I mean, is obvious. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I keep harping on that, but it was obvious they just didn't have, they didn't have the energy and effort. And you know, it's it's disappointing because 
to have maybe the best one of the season, you know, I guess you could you could argue, you know, the the Dallas Porzingis game at home just for, you know, the Porzingis implications, but I think probably the best win of the season against Miami Heat, one of the best teams in the East, uh probably one of the better teams in the league right now even though I know they're they're having little troubles. Uh they left New York without a win because they lost to Brooklyn a couple days before that. But my point is you have one of the best wins of the year. You take down the Miami Heat, then you turn around, you go and you get just throttled by the Bucks, which I can kind of understand that. The Buck I mean the Bucks are on a seventy win pace or seventy plus win pace right now. Giannis is an absolute beast who the you know the Knicks don't really have an answer for. You never wanna you never wanna give a team, you know, let them off the hook when they get throttled like that. But if there's a team that you're going to get destroyed by and you can almost live with it, it's the Bucks. You can't do that when it's the Phoenix Suns coming to your home court, coming to Madison Square Garden. Remember, this is a team that in the beginning of the year, they said they were a bunch of dogs. They weren't going to let people push them around. It was, you know, New York toughness, grittiness, all that stuff. That's what we were told. All offseason, after they signed these guys, we told these was going to be a competitive group. These guys are going to be, you know, all in. It's going to be tough to play at Madison Square Garden. And then you have nights like this where Phoenix comes in and just smacks them around. And then at the end of the game, couldn't really tell exactly what happened, but Randall gets into it with Elia Kobo. They're tossing the ball at each other. The refs have to get in between. I mean, it's just a bad luck after you get, you get, walloped by 23 points to Phoenix, who we I think we can all agree Phoenix is a little bit further ahead in their timeline just based on Devin Booker's uh, kind of development. He's, I mean, he's, he's a, I think he's an all-star this year. I haven't done a rundown of the Western Conference, but he's playing, you know, at that level. He's having a career year. He's further along than anyone on the Knicks is at this point in their careers. So I think just for that, and then Rubio being, you know, an established point guard, I think it's safe to say that the Suns are a little bit further along, but still not that much farther than the Knicks. The Knicks should not be getting blown out at home and just, you know, straight up sunned by the Suns. I mean, it was just, it just kind of telling, showing how far the Knicks still have to go before they can even think about being a playoff team. Because they've even, you know, Morris has said that earlier this year, you know, guys, I mean, it's not something that they, they, they're they harping on a lot. But we've heard Nick say, you know, all oh, playoffs are, you know, that's a possibility, which you watch games like, like Thursday night, doesn't look like a possibility whatsoever. And then uh, I'm just I'm going to read off a quote from Phoenix head coach Monty Williams. Because he kind of talked a little bit about that comparison between the Knicks and the Suns um, and where they are. Uh, so he said, we're trying to do the same thing as the Knicks are trying to do. We have young teams. They work hard. This is a really good organization. People are always taking shots at them. I played here. It's a first-class place. We're both trying to do the same thing. It's hard to win in this league, and everybody wants success right away. You guys, meaning the media, want it too. It's really hard. We're not doing anything different than them. Everybody can appreciate the Knicks because it's New York, it's the Mecca of basketball, and at some point, if they continue to do what they're doing right now, they play hard every night, they play in the paint, 
They have good guys on their team. I think they're going to figure it out. We're no different than the Knicks. End quote. Monty, I know you are, you know, coaches generally aren't going to bash the other team, bash the other coach after the games, but you couldn't have been more different. You couldn't have looked more different than the Knicks on Thursday night. I mean, it was just night and day watching Rubio, Booker, Aiton rack up 80 points combined. Rubio had double-digit assists. Aiton had, you know, a million rebounds. Booker uh, threw in, you know, a few assists, a few rebounds here and there. I mean, it was just a bad, as bad, as bad a loss as you'll see from the Knicks this season. And I don't, maybe, again, maybe I'm a little, you know, just not seeing the forest for the trees. But it was just an ugly, ugly loss. The mood in the locker room wasn't great afterwards. Because, uh, I mean, you throw in R.J. Barrett, who didn't play well, but I think he played pretty hard. He got goaded into some cheapies early that kind of took him out of a rhythm by Booker, you know, drawing some fouls. One of them, the first one was definitely a foul on Booker. He pushed off, but then pump fakes, gets Barrett going into him. So Barrett was just out of rhythm a little bit uh, for for the beginning, like first half or so. And then in the second half, he sprains his ankle. Uh, he was walking around on crutches in the locker room. You could tell he hadn't been through, you know, he really hasn't been through something like this in his basketball playing career yet. So you could tell, I mean, it didn't seem like he was too, too worried. He's getting reevaluated on Friday. Um, and, you know, he's, he's not like de- completely dejected over the injury. But, I mean, he's, you know, hobbling around on crutches. You could tell he was uh, he was a little shaken up. Um just on the play, he stayed down for a little bit, shot the free throws, tried to stay out on the court, but said he couldn't really, uh, he just, you know, on that first defensive possession, he felt like, you know, it just wasn't going to be working. So he left, didn't return, not sure exactly what's going on with him, which is tough because, you know, lately Barrett has been, you know, one of the one of the best things about this team. He really, uh, he really stepped up in that Miami game. That was, you know, I think one of his better games of the year, and he's kind of been building into a, a pretty solid rhythm early, or not early on, but, you know, I guess you could say early on in 2020, he's had a pretty decent month of January. Now he's hurt. That's going to that's gonna be, you know, tough for the Knicks to take because they got Philly coming in. They haven't beaten Philly in years. I think April 2017 was the last time the Knicks beat Philly. Uh, Sixers don't have don't have Embiid, so that is going to play a play a, a you know a little role in maybe giving the Knicks a little bit more life because Embiid is you know a, a stud. He's just he's a beast. It's tough for Mitchell Robinson to handle a guy with his size. Uh, I mean, we've seen him do okay against him in the past, but that's you know that's a tough matchup. So not having Embiid. Will make the game a little more winnable, but I don't think you see that you watch this game on Thursday and you think they have any chance against Philly on on Saturday. I mean, perhaps I'm wrong, but as far as I know, Ben Simmons is still on Philly, and Ben Simmons destroys the Knicks. He he's ten and zero against the Knicks in his career, and he just he always seems to come out big against the Knicks. Not even you know, not even putting up thirty points, but you know 
just making big plays, getting rebounds, doing steals, a little bit of everything. Uh, obviously, you know, dishing out assists like he does. And without Embiid, uh, without Embiid in there, he's going to be, you know, banging in the post a little more, taking advantage of some mismatches when he can. Uh, and again, he always seems to come up big against the Knicks. He had the, you know, the first meeting this year. He had a big steal late into a dunk that kind of, I don't want to exactly call it a dagger because I think the Knicks still had a chance after that play. But, you know, he <clears throat> just had some big plays late. Always seems to play well. He told me that the reason why he plays well is because uh, his grandfather hates New York sports teams. So anytime he sees the Knicks, he knows he has to to win for his grandpa, which is a, a funny little story he told me last time they were in uh, – in New York, uh, but that's not good news for the Knicks because <clears throat> right now, losers of seven of their last eight. You got Philly, then you got a winnable game against the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland on Monday, but then after that, you got Lakers at home, Raptors, Nets. That's a tough stretch right there. You don't get you don't get this win against the Suns. Which, you know, again, was a team that you're, if you're the Knicks, you're kind of on a level playing field with them, uh, at least more so than, you know, the Bucks or the Sixers or the Lakers. You're missing out on those wins. Now you're 11 and 31 on pace for 22 wins this season, which technically would be an improvement on last year's 17 win total. But how much of an improvement does that actually feel like they've made? I don't know. I don't know. There's a. This is a tough one, and I don't, I don't think I'm too emotional about it because you know Chip and Chip and Matt, those guys, they're they're the they're the diehard fans of this podcast. I'm uh, I'm I'm more or less down the middle. Uh, I not 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 a fan of the Knicks. Just a reporter tries to you know be fair and balanced, fairly you know right down the middle, uh, kind of not get too emotionally invested, but I don't know how anyone fan or not could have left Madison square garden on Thursday night with anything but a sour taste in their mouth. Uh, Cause it's, you know, almost like every time this team takes one step forward, it's two steps back. They had that three game winning streak against the nets, wizards, Bla- blazers, you know, right at the, the turn of the year, um, you know, culminating with that win over the blazers, which was a really nice win. Then they follow that up with four straight losses on a road trip, lose at home to shorthanded Pelicans where, you know, you let Brandon Ingram one run wild. It's like those three wins were a step forward. Then you have those five wins or two steps back. And then the process repeats itself with Miami. You win. Bucks, Suns, two steps back. And I know Miller at one point in his press conference today said that he feels like they're seeing progress. And I think, you know, they're seven and twelve, I think, now under Miller, which obviously is an improvement on Fisdale's four and eighteen. But when you have games like these, it makes it tough to kinda swallow that idea of, you know, they're making progress. Um and I'm not exactly sure where the Knicks go from here. You got the trade deadline looming. You know, Marcus Morris was actually asked about that after the game, and he just, you know, obviously he stated that he wants to be in New York, he wants to stay here, but he said that, you know, obviously that's something for the the front office. That's that's their call, and I know the reports, it seems like the Knicks are leaning towards keeping some of these guys, you know, at least Morris, 
maybe flipping, you know, they talked about flipping Dennis Smith Jr., who we haven't seen in forever, or Bobby Portis, you know, guys like that. And I'm not quite sure what their plan is, but I think after a game like tonight, you almost have to look at it and say, you know, let's recoup draft capital, young players. Let's see, you know, let's see what we can bring in at the trade deadline. Let some of these young guys run and play because it's just if they, I mean, if they don't make any moves and this is just, you know, what you're going to, what you're going to roll with for the rest of the season, you might, you know, maybe you lose Marcus Morris to free agency in the off season. You don't get anything back for him. It just seems like a, a, a strange situation heading into the trade deadline. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure where they're going to go. It's just, it feels like this is a team kind of, uh, floundering at this point. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, no, I mean, that's, I feel like I'm, I'm talking in circles at this point, but something's, something's got to give, something's got to give because they can't keep going out and putting, putting up these kinds of performances where they just, you know, roll over. And especially on your home court, when this is in the beginning of the year, you were, you know, billed as we're going to protect the guard and we're going to protect home court. You can't say all that and then come out and let these games happen. So we'll see what happens with Philly. I mean, you know, they beat, they beat the Heat, so they're obviously capable of beating some of these big teams. Maybe they surprise us and they take down Philly at home. I wouldn't hold my breath over it, but we'll just have to wait and see. Until then, thanks again for listening, folks. I know this was a, uh, a bit of a downer episode. I know... Uh, my solo one today, not a not exactly the most upbeat episode you'll uh, you'll hear of of the Nick State of Mind pod, but uh, I felt like this was necessary. Got home, had all these kind of thoughts running through my head. Figured it was uh, was a good way to to kind of get all this out and kind of look forward to to see what what's next for these Knicks because uh, the next month or so is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, and thanks again for uh, for making it through to this point. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the next pod is a little more upbeat, not as uh, not as much uh, not as much of a downer. And uh, again, I'll try and get some of these uh, the audio situations worked out because I think reading off the quotes is fine, but I'd like to uh, start incorporating some actual sound bites from press conferences and you know locker room post game when I'm there. Uh, so we'll see if we can get that kind of that kind of stuff situated. Again, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for the Next State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Danny Small. Check out everything at EliteSportsNY.com. All my credentialed writing there. Uh, I've got a ton of Nick stuff coming out lately. A uh, ton of stuff from the games. ton of stuff otherwise. So keep it tuned to us. And uh, we'll try and get you through this season. Appreciate you guys.